0: Welcome back to the Unregulated Podcast. This is episode number five. It is Monday, September 28th. I'm your co-host, Tom Pyle.
1: And I'm Mike McKenna, and they said we'd never make it to five.
0: I know. This is so fun. <laughs> this is so crazy. All right. Um, election update. We're going to do this uh, at the top of each episode until and after. Until we get sick of it. The day that the president has decided, which everyone says is not going to be on November 3rd. We can talk about that a little bit, too. But um, here we are uh, in the midst of a Supreme Court nomination.
1: President thos, Trump did the right the thing. of a Supreme Court nomination.
0: Did the right thing, in my opinion, and chose ACB to replace RBG, which is driving... The left absolutely batty. Anyways, you have a column this week on
1: Uh, what the
0: Senate should do or basically you just rehash your prediction from our last.
1: Not really. I mean, I kind of went a little back into it and said, you know, every legislative body since the dawn of man and certainly everyone we've had records for, right, votes. That's what they do. They aggregate preferences by voting. Um, They get together. Some talk, some don't. Some raise their hands, some call and respond, some do it by note, by rocks and stones and bits of broken pottery. But for at least 2,500 years, every legislative body that we're aware of solves where they are by voting. So all I said was the United States Senate is no different than any of that and that the Constitution is clear as a bell, President shall. doesn't say President shall unless people are annoyed at him, or President shall unless it's October and election year. It's President shall. And this bitching about Merrick Garland, right? Bottom line is, if Merrick Garland had 51 votes in the United States Senate, it would have brought him to a vote.
0: Yeah, well, I think, though, the the difference there was uh, what McConnell had articulated, which is the president in power— was not of the same party as the Senate. And- yeah,
1: I think what McConnell articulated is what I just said. Right. This chucklehead doesn't have 51 votes, and that's just that. We're not going to bother. We're going to waste our time with something that's doomed from the get-go. Same, same here, right? This should not take four months. This is going to get done. As I said before, I will say it again. I said it in the column, too. Can and should get done before the election.
0: I, I last week said I didn't think it was – Likely, I still think it might not happen, but I'm much more aligned with what you said based on what I've seen. Uh, the Senate seems very poised to do this. That is, in fact, Full the nature of reality. Ahead.
1: Everybody wonders about my predictions at first and then realizes <laughs> it's
0: true. Uh, that's good. Well, maybe not. Maybe it's not good in the case of the election, uh, which you have moved from 30 to 35 percent. Yeah, This is – um, I think it's too early in the week to to – really say nothing has moved the race. So, uh, you know, this SCOTUS thing is just now sort of taking number? place. What's your number? Where are you at? The um, debate tomorrow. Tomorrow. Which we can get into a little bit. Uh, we'll will likely have some kind of an impact. I don't know. I keep wanting to believe that the president has a little bit of a cushion um, and can get, th- get over the hump. But I also uh, see... Poll after poll after poll that shows that he's, as you've said, just not picking up any ground, really. Although there have been reports that Biden is not doing well with Hispanics. Gee, go figure. So you know that might help in in a couple of places. I'm still in the forty to forty-five percent range. I'm a little bit higher than you in the in the optimism scale.
1: Good. You probably should be. Um, I'm I'm more like. I'm a reality-based person myself. So um, you can look at the polls all different kinds of ways. The president's been behind in Pennsylvania and Wisconsin and in Michigan pretty reliably and in Arizona pretty reliably. Um, it's conceivable now, and it's not something I thought would happen. It's conceivable now that he could win Pennsylvania and lose the presidency by losing Wisconsin, Michigan, and Arizona. I did not think that was possible. Now I think it's possible. And you know, which is why I'm stuck at thirty five percent, because he needs to break away in one of those states and, and at least get within the margin of error.
0: I am still of the opinion that Pennsylvania the winner of Pennsylvania is the
1: winner of the election. I tend to think that too. Um but again, we're five weeks out, data's starting to move away from that particular theory of the case. I think it's still valid, but come back to me next week, it may not be valid.
0: So, you know, in every uh, election, there are, there are moments, uh, they're becoming more and more predictable. We see all these, uh, now we have the taxes. <laughs> we have the taxes now. Well, he only paid $750 in taxes, according to the New York Times, according to a source that we still don't know about. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm 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 perfectly content with I'm perfectly content with the idea that the New York Times fact checkers did their work and that, that the you know, the president paid 750 bucks um in 2016 and 2017. I I I have yet to have anybody explain to me why that matters. Um president said when he was running for office in 2016, he clears a bell. And they asked him about taxes, he said Hey, I take advantage of all the laws of this nation, right? That's right. You know, it's, it, in in tax talk. That means I take everything I can get my hands on. And the interesting thing about this is, is that nobody, nobody has yet claimed any illegality. Any, of course, you not. know, the IRS has no beef with it, right? The IRS right. is obviously fully aware of this stuff, right? So, you know, to my mind, it's much more interesting, um, and, and I don't think voters care. I mean too I don't think voters care either.
0: I do think though that debates will be interesting because if Trump does his job, which is, you know, arguably would require him to do some research and make sure that he's got responses to whatever attacks that are that are sent his way. But Joe Biden made a hell of a lot of money earning a, a, a politician's wage yeah, I
1: was say. over the last
0: several years. So, you know, maybe you can say, okay, well, he's been out for Four ish,
1: but he was making a hell of a lot of money before that. I want to and say in it, his last yeah. year in the Senate, he was worth multi millions dollar, multi millions of dollars. That's tough to do. I have no idea about Joe Biden. All I know for sure is if the if the Trump tax returns are correct and seven hundred fifty dollars is the right number, it's an indictment on the tax code. It's not an indictment on anybody who deals with the tax code. You know, there are you know fifty or sixty million households out there who file. And everybody who files knows how complicated it is. And everybody who files knows that people who have professional tax help do better. Just multiply that by 100, and that's what you got with the president, right? He's got the best tax lawyers on the planet figuring out ways to minimize his tax bill.
0: For example, General Motors hasn't paid a whole lot of taxes in the last couple of few years.
1: Yeah, I was going to say. If any. You know, the funny thing is, is that if I were a, a flat tax guy, and I tend to be a flat tax guy, Now's your moment. Oh, I'm definitely there. Now's your I moment. Been there for a while. And and you know the thing is, I'll bet you a hundred bucks those guys waste their time defending the president on this thing instead of attacking the tax code.
0: probably right, or just ignoring it, calling it fake news, which has already been done. Fake news, so. fake news. <laughs> so, anyhow, the election. Uh, what I said about predictability is, there are a lot of, uh, you know. This is the most consequential election. And then you have all these little mini bombshells that come out between now and the election. And I actually was one that did sort of put a lot of stake in elections. But as I get older and crankier, uh, I've started to realize that it's the same stuff every time. And I don't get worked up about it like I used to because I do realize and maybe it's spending time with you on the road in focus groups Maybe it's sort of recognizing, given the fact that I'm dealing with, you know, three kids in a pandemic and one of them is in virtual school and two of them are in, you know, private school at the moment, but maybe not tomorrow and back in virtual school and two parents working full time and everything else, that it isn't the end of the world. The results of the election will not be the end of the world, regardless of the outcome.
1: Yeah, you're really not allowed to say that. That's an intensely po- unpopular idea in our circles, right? But it's the truth. And, you know, there's 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 sort of two things that are going on that I always – three things that are going on that I always think about. One is that political consultants just make a hell of a lot of money for doing not much. And I don't mean like they don't work. I just mean they don't move the needle. Win l- or lose, they
0: get paid every yeah. Yeah. single cycle. And if you turn, if you flip – and become a you know a Rick Wilson or a Mike Murphy, you get paid double because yeah. all the left- p- pumps a bunch of money into you their know, little projects
1: so it's you know i mean so so I spent like a bunch of time in North Carolina in the last month, and there's gonna be more ads in North Carolina than in any other state in the union, right and the thing is is after ad number five hundred, you just mentally turn it off, but they're still taking ten percent or thirty percent or whatever their percent is. It's crazy talk, it's really um it's really dystopic in the in the system, and it, and it probably needs to be addressed. That's thing one, right? So the political consultants have maximum incentive to to gin up this. It's the end of the world if if you're if my opponent um, wins. So that's uh, one. Two is importantly, right? The great big giant ballast in this country is the people, and they are where they are, right? And they're the politicians who represent them are not going to be able to wander too far from where they are. Um, and the American people don't make up their minds quickly and lightly. And then the third thing, and this is this is getting to be an iron rule of politics now, elections for me is um, any election result, any election result, what you wind up with over time is the winners are disappointed and the losers are pleasantly surprised. It sounds... Um, Contrary to to common sense, but it's the truth because you win an election, and you're like, "Yeehaw!" The world's gonna change, and it never does.
0: Yeah, except in this era, and this goes back to my um, indictment of Congress. Except in this era, there's a lot of of swinging back and forth yeah. in in your space, and it may not you may not get. You, I agree with you that it's not, you know, whoa, we just had a, you know, an amazing, we see what we got it. You know, we got everything. But things swing so widely now because the administrative stri- state has sort of taken over. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's whipsaw, right? It's, it's sort of a, a whiplash, uh, you know, back and forth. And, you know, it's counterintuitive to what we do because we're supposed to tell all, all the people that support us, like, this is going to be horrible.
1: Yeah, I mean, look. In some, I don't mean to minimize the amount of damage that any one group of people can do to the republic, right? They they can do a sizable amount, Um, but to say that a um, an election is dispositive as far as the fate of the nation, you have to assume that 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 um, the fate of the nation is all tangled up with what Congress does instead of with what the three hundred and fifteen million Americans who are not in Congress do, right? And let me just go real quick to the. Let me introduce one other thought, right? This administrative state thought, right? Um, You know, the back and forth between the parties on control um, really abets one group of human beings, and that's the bureaucracy, um, because they then tend to have all the institutional knowledge and they have no babysitters in a lot of respects it was better when the Democrats ran the thing for forty years because then they had the ability a guy like John Dingle's not possible today right just he could not aggregate the amount of influence and information that he had. A conservative court, a originalist court, a textualist court is going to change that, and I'll tell you how. Because the two deferences that are given to agencies, right, Chevron deference, um, that they get to essentially interpret their own stat- yes, statutes applicable to them.
0: These are these are the terms for the, yeah. the sort of the result of a court case that yeah, sort and, of led to yeah. – just for our viewers, that led to the, the, the notion that the courts sort of gave deference to the regulatory agencies in interpreting the laws via you know, producing the regulations – Via the laws. And in our case, the Clean Air Act, the Clean Water Act, ESA, some of the major environmental statutes that were produced in the 70s that have little or no bearing on reality today because they were designed to fix an issue, you know, fix problems that, you know, existed that are are, are largely taken care of. That's right.
1: And and the other deference, right, is called our deference, A-U-E-R, right, our deference that an agency basically should be given deference in interpreting its own regulations. So, so not only does a regulate not only does an agency get to gets deference with respect to how they interpret a statute which guarantees they're going to expand the scope of the statute over time. They also get deference with how they interpret their own regulations which means they get to bulletproof their own regulations from court challenge. So those two things are going to be out in a in a in a new Supreme Court, right? And that's good because it's going to mean Congress is going to have to legislate with some specificity, and that's... I would hope so. Yeah, I would there, hope there's so. no other way this is gonna work. They're right. going to work. Congress is going to have to do their jobs, um, which I know is going to annoy a lot of them, um, but it's going to be ultimately good for the process, good for the home um, system, good for the country, good for the republic, right? So, you know, everybody's worried about the election. Man, you probably have reason to be, but it's not apocalyptic, and the good news is, is that whatever you think about a Justice Barrett, um, you're going to wind up with the Congress having to do more stuff and with more specificity, and that's great because that means elected officials are going to be making decisions they should have been making all along, instead of deferring to GS14s in various agencies.
0: Well, I also saw some quotes uh, from the you know pro left green whatever you call them these days, and. Um, one of them was one of them struck me and i don't have it in front of me but it was something along the lines was of this it, was it painful really uh does cripple our uh the ability of the court to ad- adapt the existing statutes to the you yeah. know realities sure. today yeah. which is
1: just like okay yeah well that's exactly the point that that that, that is exactly the point if you, you know the clean air act is now t- 30 years old right last time uh, Last time was amended. I was a child um, in 1990, right? Hasn't been touched since, but it's been expanded in all kinds of different directions by the agency and with the tolerances of the court. So, the environmentalists are about to find out just exactly how popular all their ideas are.
0: I, yeah, and I've been saying this for as to any reporter who's willing to even you know consider a different point of view than just whatever they're you know been fed to by the greens. Sorry, I'm being a little. You know, dramatic there. So, but, two reporters. Yeah. This is very simple. We have a problem with the Clean Air Act, free market organizations, and so do the environmentalists. Mm-hmm. Let's duke it out where it belongs in Congress. You guys win. Congratulations. You expand it to include CO2 regulation. You got it. Great. Good. That's the whole place where it all belongs. It does not belong yeah. in the Supreme it, it, Court. It does not belong in the EPA. And that has been my point the whole time. And yeah. my beef with the fact that Congress has rotted itself from within yeah. because they refuse to assert themselves. And this court will force them to or, or basically they will put stays on all of this stuff until they do.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's right. Over time, that's exactly what's going to happen. And the good news is all, everybody who bemoans the lack of bipartisanship, you know how you get bipartisanship by grinding through something complicated like the Clean Air Act reauthorization or the Clean Water Act reauthorization, or truthfully, you know, by grinding through, you know, HR two, right? The the Democrats' plan for climate and infrastructure, right? Great. You, if you want a bipartisan result, you got to grind through the process to get a bipartisan result. I think it's great. I think it's great. Funny thing is, environmentalists want to do it. We want to do it. The guys who don't want to do it. Members of Congress don't that's want right. to
0: do it. Because they have to work, first yeah. of all. And then secondly, they're never going to please their, their their donors. They're never going to please their constituencies because they're going to want, you know, uh, way more than they're going to
1: able to produce. Yeah. Voting, voting the, the fundamental rule of voting in Congress is it pisses people off. You don't know who it's going to annoy, but no matter what vote you take, it annoys somebody. And that's the last thing you want to do if you're a member of Congress, despite the fact that that's what you actually get paid for is, as we start off at the top of this conversation, is to vote. You're supposed to be there to aggregate preferences. You vote. Right. Well, okay, so the debates. Yeah. A lot
0: riding on the debates according wa- to both sides. I'm uh, watching The whole baseball. fate of the debates. I'm watching I debate. think I there's playoffs. I think there's like 8 or 9 games on Tuesday. So who's going to
1: watch the debate? <laughs> what, I'm losers, actually, what losers what losers are going to watch? The I'm debate? actually going to
0: use the split screen feature on MLB.com this time
1: because I'm looking forward to seeing a few games. Like this yeah. is this is going to be I wanna awesome. I want to see I wanna see the Reds and the Braves. I want to see what happens Reds first time the Marlins, want to see the Marlins. Yeah, I you know the debate. I mean, it's it's um this is the problem with being new to politics, right? Um the 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 folks associated with the Trump campaign have have managed to put themselves in a box where all Joe Biden has to do is show up and not drool and he's going to win the debate. I know. And they've been doing it. For, it's not like a it's not like a two week thing. it have been going on for six months. They've been yapping about this. Um, you know, they've set the expectations completely wrong. And you know, I think a lot of things about Joe Biden, but I bet you he can make an it out. He'll wander through it. Sure. Be He'll be fine. He'll wander through it. And if he does, he's just Joe. You know, it's just, just Joe. Joe. Well, you know, he said something funny the other day. I, I laugh, right? Because obviously his teleprompter had a hitch, or he couldn't figure it out. We, he said, "Yeah, I've been in the Senate 180 since. years." You could know, you just tell he's like, "The hell with it." You know, 180 years, right? And everybody, you know, all the all the excessively weenie people on the right, he can't even remember. I'm like, it was a joke. Come yeah. on, guys. It was, I mean, if you saw the tape, you know it was a joke. You know. The guy says enough things that are really, truly noxious and dangerous. Just leave it at that. Right. right? Yeah. Let him let him have a pass every so now that, and then. So that, I mean, that's the interesting thing about the debate, truthfully. I want to see what he's going to say about fracking.
0: Well, I don't know what he's going to say about fracking. It's going to be an a Because Wallace is going to, you know, I guess he's managing the questions unless Trump can,
1: you know, pivot, uh, which he'll sure. do. I'm sure the president will. He, here's the
0: them. thing. To me, the debate is going to be about Forcing him to answer questions and him refusing to answer questions—that yeah. to me is a win for Trump. Yeah, I
1: think that's but, right. it,
0: but again, it goes back to what you keep saying: if Trump makes the focus on Trump, there won't be any news in, in the debate other than Joe made it after all, and he's not
1: feeble. I, I...
0: If he says, "Hey, okay, fine," but what are you? Where are you on fracking here in Ohio, guy? Right? You were for it, then you were against it, and now you're for it, and now you're against it, right? Hey, okay, fine. Yeah, you know. You want to talk about my taxes? How much money did you make in the Senate, Joe?
1: Yeah, I. I what,
0: how did you become an instant millionaire with a you know two hundred thousand dollar salary or something along those lines?
1: Yeah, right. I don't. I, it, I think that's the right answer, right? I just don't know if if, if the, the boss can 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 cue to that line for
0: believe line, women, right? Believe I mean, women. You know. Oh
1: yeah. look, Joe's. I don't think Joe's a guilty of sexual assault, but he's definitely a creeper. He's like a world class creeper for sure, right? I don't understand why. You want a nickname for the guy? Forget Sleepy Joe, Creepy Joe. He's I cre- think that's been floated on there. He's right a yeah. creeper.
0: I mean, I had any, Sloppy Joe you? in there just because it's just you know, it's just because you like Sloppy Joes. <laughs> yeah, I haven't <laughs> had one since I was a kid. I saw like I saw a package in the store grocery yeah. store one day. I'm like, that's his nickname, <laughs> Sloppy, sloppy Joe. It's, it covers everything, yeah, it right? Does.
1: It, it, it's. I always have limited expectations about debate. I asked, I asked my. I asked my mom and my sister, right? We had we had dinner on Friday. I asked them, I said, when was the last time a debate moment really affected like a campaign? And, you know, I mean, I, I went right to the Bernard Shaw, uh, Bernie Shaw thing in 1988, right at the top of the last debate where he just blew Mike Dukakis up, right? Um, oh, the rape question? Yeah, yeah, the rape yeah, and yeah, incest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I was sitting in Bush headquarters like watching that and we all just kind of looked at each other like – Yikes! Let's vote right this second because we just won. Yeah. Um, and my sister went back to the '84 campaign where Reagan stuck at the Mondale about. for his age. Yeah, I, and she pointed out that it was funny enough that even Mondale was laughing. Yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, and those are the two moments I can remember. I can't remember any others. And that tells you. Something I remember right? Stockdale. Stockdale, right? In can't 82. you can't
0: forget Stockdale? Yeah, but that's now, good. And we'll put all these clips in the show notes, by the way. But for, I mean, you're talking for now, you younger
1: people. You're talking now about stuff that happened 28 years ago. You know that that's that's edging into outside of living memory, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, there haven't been very too many stellar performances of late, other than
0: the fact that Trump did like sort of preview his his uh, um, election style
1: yeah.
0: in his debates yeah, and I kind mean, of beat up on all the Republicans, mowed them down one after another after another.
1: Yeah, you know so. I, it. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be fun. But I'm equally sure that there's going I am not going to be the only American flipping between that and a baseball yeah, game absolutely all
0: right, so uh we're stuck on thirty five for your for your
1: reelection for Trump. I'm, I prefer to think of it as consistent, but okay, we'll go with stuck
0: and, well, you moved up from thirty, so you have moved. It's not like you've been there yeah, this so.
1: clip he will be there about three weeks after the election
0: <laughs> I'm gonna go with forty four and a half percent
1: with what you want.
0: <laughs> so, and we talked about SCOTUS, so we'll, we'll knock that off. All right, I'm going to shift gears because this has been bugging me and um, it's my it's our show. So been grinding I, can, your gears. I can do this. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about Build Back Better. Yabba-dabba-doo. And ruh, ruh. Build Back Better, of course, is the mantra of, of Joe Biden. I want to play a little clip for you from, from Joe directly. Here it is.
1: Here we are now with an economy in crisis, but with an incredible opportunity, not just to build back to where we were before, but better, stronger, more resilient.
0: So that's Joe, but Joe's not the only one in this game. Play a little clip from another man you might recognize as his voice. You know what Donald Trump will do with four more years? Blame, bully, and belittle. And you know what Joe Biden will do? Build back better. I just love that guy. I can't I can't I mean I one of my favorite presidents of all time just because I just love the I love his delivery. It's so good. Yeah,
1: he's 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 great. Um You know what Joe Biden will do. You know, it's 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 hard to remember. It's it's hard to remember that Bill Clinton never got fifty percent of the vote, right? Barry out out polled him both times, right, the start and then the second one, despite the fact that if you had to pick like who you'd rather listen to or hang out with, everybody would pick Bill Clinton. Wouldn't I even mean, be close, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So anyway, so this is not just
0: a Joe Biden campaign slogan. Um, so this has been around for a very long time. The U.N. coined this phrase, Build Back Better, in June of 2015, and this was after a series of natural disasters. And then we have an organization called the World Economic Forum that also pulled out a little bit of, of this uh, dealing with COVID. I'm going to play another quick clip for you here on this.
1: Welcome to the Great Reset, a podcast from the World Economic Forum that looks at how we can build a cleaner, fairer, smarter world after COVID-19. We cannot have the recovery status quo as we were before COVID. It's got to be different. The Deputy Secretary General of the United Nations, Amina Mohammed, speaking at the latest Great Reset Dialogue, where leading voices from around the globe gathered online to discuss restoring the health of people and the planet. Another speaker was the President of Costa Rica. If there is global inequality in the recovery There is not going to be full recovery
0: for the whole of the world. All right. So we have the World Economic Forum on this jag, Build Back Better. We have the U.N., obviously, uh, in overdrive on Build Back Better. Joe Biden adopted it in his campaign as a campaign slogan of his. You heard uh, our beloved former president uh, supporting that notion. But these aren't the only guys doing it either. I want to play another clip, and you'll recognize this guy as well.
1: This moment also gives us a much greater chance to be radical and to do things differently, to build back better and to build back bolder.
0: And that's our friend Bojo, who has been a mind numbing disappointment, in my opinion, on the other side of the pond.
1: Uh, I don't know how you can be disappointed in a guy who can't manage a haircut. <laughs> I mean, it was a dead, dead tip that the guy was not quite put together, right? And then, you have one more?
0: I do. I do have one more. Yeah, one more. I'm going to play this one, and then I'm going to play a clip responding to this one. Ready? Who's uh, Guess who this one is.
1: We're beginning to see the economy restart. And before we get into the full recovery and how we build back better, we need to make sure we are managing through the, the the transition towards restarting. That is a young man whose voice hasn't changed yet. He, I'm guessing, he's a 15 year old sophomore, somewhere in the Mid Atlantic states,
0: further north. Our, the Prime <laughs> Minister, Justin Trudeau. So I, I, I was guess, close. I was close. The reason that I bring all these clips up, and I bring up the fact that this was a term, that was, uh, sort of, coined at the UN in 2015 is that this is, this is the club. This is what we've been talking about for a very long time that no one, these are not all coincidences, right? These are all like, this is a very sort of, if you say this phrase, you're in the club guys, right? Yeah. Let's get on board here and use this pandemic to shift gears and get done all that, which the UN crowd, everyone wants to get done.
1: Yeah. I gotta be honest with you. I've been listening to this Build Back Better stuff for like six months now. I still have no idea what the hell they're talking about. I still have no idea. Like if I if I ask somebody, right, what eight things are we talking about as far as policies? You know, I mean they're, just, they're the usual vagueness, you know, vague stuff you get from these UN guys. Well, we should do this, this, and this. And you're like no idea what it means. Yeah, well, it's you know, all... Thank God the American environmentalists are like much more direct and avaricious, right? They get like, dude, I want $2 trillion climate and infrastructure. I want it portioned out this way. Bang, yeah, bang, well, bang. they
0: have shifted too, as you know. I mean, they've gone from carbon taxes and cap and trades and to just sprinkle the they, cash they, they and, and yeah, net zero and 100%. Yeah, but they
1: haven't gotten rid of, the, you know, the, the carbon the carbon tax is still alive, Right. In in both the Unity platform and um, HR2 and the Democratic platform, those are all still live. So, you know, once people get w- – w- once their donors get it in their head that something might happen and they make bets off it, it's hard to, like, pull them out of there. So Yeah, you know, well, I uh, want to play
0: one more clip on this Build Back Better business, but I wanted everybody to understand <laughs> that this is not a coincidence. This is sort of the globalist sort of check card, right, that they they all have to sort of get in on it. So that you know, and and the thing that's dangerous about it is, we've I've seen articles already, and there's a, a, a the Speaker of the House in, in in the UK has basically said it. Um, in San Francisco, there was an article recently that talked about it. Is climate lockdowns are coming?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I I I hear that, and I'm a little worried about it, but I I got to think at the end of the day. That's not sustainable, and I'll tell you why. (laughs) I know why. Well, I mean, first off, it's crazy and insane, right? And Nothing crazy and insane is sustainable for too long. But they shot all their bullets with this lockdown. They're not even going to get a second COVID lockdown. The idea that- Yeah,
0: Governor DeSantis in Florida said, Florida is fully open for business. Yeah. 100% done. I am not doing anything. There are no restrictions. We're back,
1: baby. Yeah. And and like I said, there's nobody who's gonna get away with a second COVID lockdown. So the idea that the idea that, that a you know, a lovable but incredibly creaky and mentally not quite all there guy is gonna show up as president of the United States and say, Climate lockdown and everyone's just gonna salute smartly, that's not gonna happen.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna wrap up the build back better with this this one clip. This is in response. This is a couple of uh I guess it's a talk show in Canada, uh, commenting on Justin Trudeau's.
1: Uh, he should be the, commenting on his voice, man. Jeez. Here we go. Let's let's roll that.
0: Stay tuned for that. Also, there was the big throne speech today, and the Trudeau government had been kind of hinting that it was going to be big and
1: bold, and they were going to build back better. Uh. <laughs> That's their new tagline for everything. It was like, it's horrible. They paid somebody a That's lot so of
0: money. Much money. I made a quick song to make fun of it. Did you just, really? Like, you it, I yeah, did. I Bring pay. it on. We're building better, bad. Yep. <laughs> they actually paid someone to think of that. Yep is something i came up with really fast yeah. bring back better before back yeah. <laughs> you got it mixed up it's build, build back build better back. Oh, i screwed up, we'll see Zach. i mean i okay enough nonsense i just thought, <laughs> it, it, i have to thank my friends uh adam curry and john dvorak for that one i got caught that one off of their
1: podcast and it's 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 insane it's just insane The whole thing. I mean we Nancy Pelosi is still running around telling everybody she wants three and a half trillion dollars for COVID relief before she gets to the two trillion she wants for climate infrastructure. Sure.
0: Yeah, I just but it is also serious because
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not it is
0: a very organized deal, right? They want this is a redistribution. You know, this is the redistribution agenda. This is
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. EJ look, environmental. Agenda. It's
0: all of this stuff wrapped into one. It's great. like they've gotten so good at like, look, I don't, I really can't please everyone. Any anyone, in, you know, I have to please everybody now. So they they envelope all of their stuff into these grand deals.
1: Yeah, right? I mean, Green the,
0: New Deal and, yeah, and now thing this is, thing and
1: yeah, I mean, and that's you know, the, that's all great. The problem with this is, is that all these all these multilateral institutions are all European in flavor, right? And Europe with a long and terrible and unfortunate history of autocracy, whether you think about that as monarchy or fascism or communism, the Europeans are used to taking orders. And so these multilateral guys are like, hey, we're just going to give orders. But in more chaotic places like America, and Canada and Mexico and South America and Africa and Australia and Asia, everybody else is like, yeah, I'm not really going to do any of that stuff. I mean, I'll go to your silly meetings and have like nice dinners in Paris, but I'm not doing that stuff. So, you know, we're having the same kind of conversation just on, cli- just on climate change. Right, forget all that change in the whole world. So just on climate change, we have the same conversation. Europeans, sure, all lined up for Paris, doing it. Everybody else is like, yeah, sure, we'll do it. We'll give you an NDC that's like way big. China's a perfect example, right? You want yeah, we can talk about China a you, you want us to say we're You want us to say we're not going to emit carbon anymore? All right, we'll uh, get to net zero by 2060.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's huge. This is a this is a right. game changer. This is a game changer. We have an article. We have a blog post that we put up uh, at IER, which is our research organization, the Institute for Energy Research, that talks about the fact that simultaneously they're planning to build more new coal than we than we have entire coal.
1: Yeah, and and not only that. You know, they use more cement every year than the United States uses in like three decades. I mean, you know, cement is – apologize to all my friends in the cement community. Cement is almost as bad for climate change as coal. Well, is to say probably not at all, but it's notionally as bad. Um, you know, and if you really want to believe the Chinese promises, right, ask the Spratly Islands, right? Six years ago, the Chinese were like, no, 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 we have no designs on the South China Sea. Bang! Here we are. Yeah, probably, or Hong Kong. Probably getting ready to go to war at some point over either the South China Sea or the Straits of Taiwan, the Formosa Straits. Excuse me. But like I said, these multilateral guys—the dominant thing in the world in the next fifty years is not going to be climate change. The dominant thing in the in the world over the next fifty years is what are we going to do about the Chinese?
0: We, in meantime, in the meantime, we're dealing with all of this garbage.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? We got to fight Governor
0: all Gavin yet again. I hate this to be the California podcast, but I love it to be the California governor. Fox. Gavin came out and said we're going to ban the the internal combustion engine by whatever date you know in the future when he will no longer be a governor and likely not be so. a president. It it is it, it's constant. It's constant. So, it's keeping us very busy. It is to all my friends out there who would like to make a generous contribution to the American Energy <laughs> Alliance.
1: Ah, <laughs> please. It dip. keeps us very busy. Well, you know the the only thing about that that really annoyed me was the Babylon B. After we had written, after we'd written all our press releases, right? The Babylon B wrote the best press release. I know the state without electricity wants you know mandates all electric cars. And it was just like it was like the perfect press release. You know, and it's not even a parody, right? No, that's a legit headline. Absolutely. And and you know, so we have rolling blackouts, and we have terrible forest management. So we're going to add one more thing that we're going to do very very well. And here's the
0: funny part: is like, you know, you, I think you told
1: me you were expecting this, but not this soon. Yeah, I was expecting like five years down the road, like when this, when this, when stuff like HR two fails. And it becomes obvious that the clean energy standards aren't going to work and all that other Mandates. stuff. Mandates, thank you. And that and that natural gas is the only, you know, you have two choices in an electricity system. Natural gas or batteries that are the product of The Chinese Communist regime, and that are uncomfortably associated with, uh, closely associated with child labor. You knew once all that stuff failed, they were going to go to the authoritarian stuff, right?
0: Yeah, and And that's that's and and, 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 and they
1: just skipped ahead, right?
0: So here, so let me give our our list our three listeners. I think we picked up one this week. A historic timeline here. (laughs) The 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 bad guys, the guys who don't want any of this stuff, have had a narrative, you know, for a a long time that we. We're running out of this stuff, which, you know, didn't work because we're not. And, well, we only consume, we only produce 2%. We, we're a big consumer, so, you know, we got to get off of this stuff. Well, we produce more now than we consume, and we export more than we import. And so that didn't work anymore. And now it's down to two things, fear and coercion.
1: Yeah. And we're it- down
0: to fear and coercion. And it's like, all right, you know what? None of this crap worked. Guess what? I'm just going to ban it.
1: Yeah, and, and and it's
0: done. I'm gonna ban bags. I'm gonna ban.
1: Yeah, whatever.
0: Cars. I mean, nope, natural gas. You can't. You cannot have a gas stove a anymore. Gas Sorry. Stoves,
1: cars. It, 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 I'm gonna
0: mandate a solar panel on your roof, and I'm now I'm gonna ban the stuff I don't like.
1: Yeah. It's it's. I would I would I would disagree with you only in one word, right? It's not fear and coercion anymore. It's just coercion. And you know, we can do this because we can do it, um, and that's great. But over time, that that's a that, that, they, well, they, this
0: it's we'll it's, go it's, all the way back to the beginning and talk about the Supreme Court of the United States who yeah. will have to issue a – well, here, here's my – the reason I think that it happens sooner than later is because Mary Nichols will write the rule just about the time she's offered the EPA administrator position. So her successor mm-hmm. will send a waiver request to the U.S. EPA if Biden wins and she happens to be the administrator, and I'm guessing she might grant the waiver. Sure. Which we're not going to get into all the complexities here, but basically, in order for them to even do this, they got to get permission from the feds. There's already a case being adjudicated on this. We've talked about it. It's the waiver for the greenhouse gas um, emission regulation uh, in on the tailpipe.
1: Yeah. It, it...
0: Going back to your point, this court will never, it will never. If this gets adjudicated to the Supreme Court, they will not. I'm guessing they would never grant that waiver. If it was pretty clear that they weren't going to before this. Assuming RCB gets nominated or gets confirmed, there's no way California will even get this off the ground, in my opinion.
1: Oh, I think they're going to try. I think they're going to try, and I think I think they're going to try to to encode some legislation somewhere. Right? This will be a rifle shot on the on the Clean Air Act. I don't think it matters. It's you, you know the the thing about it is you can't you can't outlaw the laws of physics, right? right. And, That's exactly and, right. And our, our electric cars, like. Good in certain circumstances, electric vehicles? Yeah. Are they good in all circumstances? No. Um, and ultimately consumers, even Californians who are apparently the sheep of America, are going to um, push back on something like this. But it, it, what's the point of pushing back now? You know, what date did he set? 2040. forty. Twenty thirty something like that. What's the point? As yeah. long as you can as long as you can go into a dealership now and buy whatever the hell you want. Yeah. That's hey, right. The first time somebody can't buy F150 or F350, they're going to be annoyed.
0: Well, there's going to be a whole hell of a lot of dealerships at the
1: border. Yeah.
0: Right. How are you going to enforce it? Right. Oh, well, no, it won't affect as one reporter wrote. Well, it's not going to affect used cars. You could still drive uh, you know, automobiles. You just can't How long does that go on? Make a new one. You How can't long? buy a new one yeah. here in How California. How long does
1: that go on? Right? It's it's totally insane. It's man. it's a it's a it's a really dark road, and, you know, you'd think from a guy who uses that much product in his hair, he'd come up with a better <laughs> yeah. answer By the way, it. most of it is
0: petroleum-based. Correct. So, On the other
1: hand, he was smart enough to, you know, jettison certain people in his life and ship them off to the East yeah, the Coast. <laughs> <minister> to <laughs> okay. so, so the like, not you know He's not stupid. He, this, is,
0: this is intentional. Electric cars versus ICE vehicles, which are internal, the cars that we drive. It is a transfer of technology. I'm gonna credit uh Mark Mills with this. He did a really good presentation at a at a forum that I that we both participated in last year. All we're doing is transferring the technology from a very complicated engine and a simple fuel delivery system, i.e. the gas tank, which yeah. costs like 10 bucks, yeah. to a very complicated fuel delivery system and a very simple engine that we used to have when we were kids. Yeah. Remember, you used to like the wires would stick out, and you'd put a battery on each end, and the motor would turn. That's basically what we've done yeah. with with EVs versus uh, you yeah. know internal combustion engine vehicles. And this notion that there are somehow ben- you know benefits to electric cars that are you know there's no environmental consequences to them is ridiculous, and it's been disproven. Emissions, okay, but we've got to get off of emissions. We can't, we can't run these, uh, you know, gas-powered automobiles any longer because of CO2.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's...
0: What happens to global CO2 when California eliminates new sales of no, I, internal combustion engines by 2035? Not, not a thing. Oh, but but yeah, we thing. have to start somewhere, though, Mike. Uh, you know, I'm certain we have we to, start,
1: have to somewhere. start somewhere. We have to um, spark
0: a revolution.
1: You know the thing is, it's that these these issues are all the same, right? Climate change. It's a pretty predictable path, and that is, true believers get all agitated. They want everybody else to get agitated. Everyone else refuses to get agitated, and then the true believers start coercing behavior, right? And then over time, at some point, they bump into an actual citizen who's like, "Yeah, I don't want to do that." Um, and then there's push pushback, and, you know, and you see that. You're seeing it even in even in a place like Pennsylvania, right, which is on the far other edge of this curve. Right. But the Pennsylvanians are having a long conversation about fracking, right, where the Democrats are all on. Not the Democrats. That's not right. Where the national Democrats are on one side and a bunch of the state Democrats and all the state Republicans are on the other side. And you hear in the rhetoric um, where, where where this is going. You know, all the state Democrats are like, hey, look, we should definitely do something about climate change. But making energy more expensive and less reliable and throwing a bunch of Pennsylvanians out of work is not it. And, you know, it's just that's the kind of thing we're going to get over time and that this thing's not going to happen. Martin uh, Feldman, the great economist in the Reagan administration, used to say that things that can't continue won't. This is one of those things that can't continue, so it won't.
0: Yeah, well, I think, though, at some point, um, there's going to have to be some kind of, Climate thing, right? Like at some point, the hill the hill is going to pass a bunch, give a whole bunch of money to this. Yeah, I mean, we've been holding but, it back. Yeah, they're
1: going to give you a know bunch intervention. Of money, but, but you know, after kind of,
0: intervention, the, the 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 subsidies for
1: wind. Yeah, it's gonna, all out there. There's going to be all that. There's going to be all that. Pardon the expression, chicken shit stuff. Yeah, but there's not going to be a carbon tax, and there's not going to be a nationwide ban on ice uh, on internal combustion engines. Will there be some you know, and at that point, everyone will be like, "Okay, we voted for some stuff. let's move along as yeah, I, as I've said a thousand times before, I'll say it a thousand more times, there's nothing there is literally nothing in this for any member of Congress to make the costs apparent, so they're not going to make the cost apparent, which means carbon tax is out, stuff like an I and like a like internal combustion engine bans out, but stuff like the wind production tax credit that's going to be contested because people don't see that,
0: yeah. Yeah, I just. But however, the, there's only so much.
1: Yeah, we've been. It's lo- not going away.
0: Like they, their, no. their, their teeth are firmly sunk into this narrative that yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not I, going away. I, I, it's built into now every policy. Like we've been batting around in our, our um, you know, in our co- staff calls, the the idea that Trump has an energy policy and Biden has a carbon policy. Yeah. There's no. There's no longer energy policy. Like the Energy and Commerce Committee ought to change its name to the Climate and Commerce Committee or the Carbon and Commerce Committee. Yeah, this something. is about carbon res- restraint, is, carbon reduction for the purposes of propping up the stuff they like, that their donors like, and for, you know, hamstringing the stuff that they don't.
1: I agree. Let me just let me just throw out one thought to you that you're not going to be totally comfortable with, and I don't care. Um, we're the Viet Cong in this fight, right? We don't have to win. Yeah. We just have to not lose. And, you know, just like the Viet Cong, what's going to happen is, is that people are going to send men and money and machines at us, and they're just going to keep sending it, keep sending it, keep sending it. And eventually we're going to drive them out of their ever-loving minds, and I clean that up for TV. We're going to drive them out of their minds. They're just going to be like, okay, the hell with it. Let's go to something else. I I
0: do hope you're right because uh, it's – this is, uh, you know, it's for the children.
1: I don't like, I don't even like my own children. I'm not sure why I'd like anybody else's kids. I
0: mean, honestly,
1: like we, we it'd be like, how could you do
0: this? What about your children? This, this is exactly why I'm doing it, because I want them to have a, a place where they have economic opportunity I, and freedom. I was going to say, right?
1: Because I, I prefer freedom. Because I prefer, and Gavin Newsom has provided an important function. Apart from shipping his ex and away, he's he's provided an showing important the world function. How marvelous he's, your hair can be if you exactly. have hair. Um, he's performed, he's performed an exceedingly important function here. He has been the first guy willing to shoot somebody on the streets for climate change. Right? We're not going to have internal combustion engines whether you want them or not. Go to hell. Well, and that kind of stuff that is tremendously informative in helping people. And helping people like you and me explain to normal people, hey, these guys don't mean you well. They really don't. They don't care about you. They don't mean you well. So I kind of look forward to guys like Newsom. Just keep talking, keep doing stuff like this because every time they do it, more and more people are like, I'm not sure I'm in favor of that. I mean, I want to turn off the lights and recycle and stuff. But that seems like a lot, Dave. <laughs> it is.
0: Uh, what else do we want to talk about? Uh, besides where we're going to have lunch
1: we might as well talk about who's going to win the world series
0: uh, of the 40 teams that are in the playoffs yeah i, I mean six, 18 16 i can't remember the number Is i think it it's going to be either
1: it's going to be either the canucks or the red wings this year <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: i don't know who's going to win the playoffs i know the world series i know who's not
1: you don't think the Yankees are going to? I go. don't think the Yankees are going to win No, neither win the do I. Quality's too uneven. Yes. Well, see, not only uneven. I tell you what. We talking about presidential chances. What are the chances the Yankees win in the World Series? I would give that
0: about a fifteen percent chance, okay, and I'm be, and that's I'm right. just because I'm a lifelong Yankees fan, and yeah. I just I
1: want some hope. That's about where I am. About fifteen percent. That's probably yeah. right. Because I just I don't see it. I think the Rays are better. I think the Dodgers are better. Although I'm certain the curse of Kershaw is going to going to nick the Dodgers. I just don't know when.
0: What I'm mostly happy about is that the Houston Astros had a less than stellar season this year.
1: What what Altuve wind up hitting? Oh gosh, low twos. Yeah, that's right. What low is that? Twos. Was, I, I think all right. of them we're, just, were in the mid to low. Twos. Of course, that's all big. of them. Yeah. Well, well, I wonder why. Hmm. See, apparently, <laughs> this hitting things more complicated if you don't know what pitch is coming. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Did they even make the playoffs? I don't. They snuck in. I think they're Did the eight, they? they're, uh, yeah, they're the second uh, team in the West because the, the West was weak. Because the West was weak. Yeah, I, I uh, Justin Verlander is a Richmond boy, so I don't wish anybody ill. Um, but without him, it's going to be much harder to, to work this thing. So I hope they're out in the first round. I just want the Yankees to do better than the Astros. Yeah, I think that's that's important. I think they will. I mean, what's their first round? Cleveland, you said Cleveland. Yeah, at Cleveland. I don't know. Where's Cleveland these days? I haven't um, been well. They're obviously better them. than the Yankees because they're in a fourth seed. And we're in a fifth yeah. seed. Anyway. Are we going to call a lid on this? <laughs> it's too late. We should have called it four hours ago. We have two clips
0: oh. this week where we have not shared with each other our, our clip of the day that we have pulled out. And so we're surprising each other with our clips. Alex, you want to hit Mike's first?
1: I pledge to discharge the responsibilities of this job to the very best of my ability. I love the United States and I love the United States Constitution. I am truly, I am truly humbled by the prospect of serving on the Supreme Court.
0: Okay, that's a good one. Absolutely, it's a it's a reminder of what this business is all about. It's a winner. All right, I went a little bit different direction for my clip of the day, Alex. Cue it up.
1: Uh, Prince Harry and Meghan
0: Markle uh, chimed in on the U.S. election and essentially encouraged people to vote for Joe Biden.
1: How do to get your reaction to that?
0: I'm not a fan of hers. And uh, I would say this, and she probably has heard that, but uh, I wish a lot of luck to Harry, because he's going to need it. (laughs) 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 <laughs> I'm sorry when I heard it. I just, I had to pull it out. So, it speaks for itself. Justice Barrett. There is no need to Justice just Barrett. Justice Barrett one. was better. Hers is definitely more inspirational. But, uh, you know, Trump gives some good advice every now and then. We're probably running the wrong person for president. And that is a wrap for episode number five. We've made it. All the way to ten. Peace, everybody. Getting there. Peace out. <laughs>